From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Yeah, I think for markets, we have one more uh, important hurdle to get past with the election. It looks like we're moving closer to a result. Uh, we don't have it yet. Uh, we're not quite out of the uncertainty scenario uh, at, uh, at this time. So uh, one more hurdle to clear, and uh, we think that the market uh, will uh, react probably in a, in a positive way to the, to the greater clarity when we actually get it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition, a special edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, uh, along with Barry Gilbert and Jeff Bookbinder from our team. It is the day after the election. At the time we are recording this, we do not have a winner. So hope we don't have egg on our face by the time someone listens, by the time you guys listen to this next day or two. Uh, but it looks like we might have a little bit of a a little bit of a wait for things here, but let's just get right into it. I mean, I've got some questions here I wanted to ask. We're just going to go around the table and kind of what we see so far with the uh, election and kind of where things stand. Uh, so, Jeff, let's bring you in first here. Uh, both of you guys are actually up in Boston. How far away do you guys live, by the way? I hear Boston, but it's a big city. Let's start with that easy question, then we'll get to the hard ones. What can it be, three, four miles, something like that? Yeah, maybe 20-minute drive in light okay. traffic, not, not too far. Okay. All right. It's okay. Yeah, I just know Boston. A few times I've been there, three or four miles. I know you guys know this. It's like, oh, in a regular world, it can take a long, long time to get where you're going. Um, but Jeff, I mean, just you know, high level takeaways uh, over the last 24 hours from the from the election. What, what are some things that is on your radar here? Well, I mean, certainly uh, we don't we don't know. Um, several key swing states for the presidential race. So that remains uncertain. And we may not know that for several more days. Right. Uh, however, the Senate race um, looks like it's becoming clearer sooner. Uh, you know, it's too early to call, but it looks like um, the Republicans have a good chance of, of keeping the Senate, which is a really big deal uh, because, um, well, for a number of reasons, but certainly one a uh, big reason is that uh, if that holds, would take these big tax increases that uh, Biden's proposing off the table. So I think one of the reasons stocks are doing well today uh, is uh, they're pricing out uh, big uh, tax increases. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just again, this is early. We're recording this about an hour or so after the open on Wednesday after the election, after Election Day. And small caps have sold off pretty hard. Um, industrials, materials, some of the cyclical value names have been doing so, so well, uh, really for about the last two months or so leading up to this election are really pulling back. On the flip side, you've got kind of the old standbys, tech and healthcare. Those two have led for a long time. They took a little bit of a break, but all of a sudden they're having some positive reactions. I mean, Barry, do you think that now that the election likely has the split Congress, again, it's not official yet, but are we going to see that move back to the growth names, the tech and the healthcare that have been leading for so long? Or is this just a little blip and a, I guess we'll say, um, kind of like the Fed, what do they say about the Fed days, right? You fade the initial move. What's your take kind of on the growth value with, with the potential split Congress here? Yeah, directionally, it seems like we're going to get a little bit more of a, a push. There's always the external factor of a, of a vaccine and what the timing might be on, on that. Uh, and that might be a catalyst for some rotation back to value. But for the time being, we've had about a, uh, a two-month uh, trend towards the reflation trade, and it might be at least temporarily off the table. Yeah, well, yeah, so that's the key thing, right? Temp temporarily off the table. Uh, Jeff, you know, you're the earnings expert, and we're going to talk a lot about, obviously, the election. 
but I want to talk about earnings season. I mean, it seems like it's getting no love, right? I mean, this earnings season that we are seeing has been amazing. Yep, clearly the COVID cases, the election, uh, those things have taken the headlines. Um, tell me, tell our listeners a little bit how just how strong this earnings season has been under the surface here. Oh, really, really strong, Ryan, relative to expectations. Uh, the average uh, beat has been 19%, which is not too far off of what we got last quarter. Right. I don't think anybody expected uh, the amount of the upside surprises to be anywhere close uh, to what we saw for Q2. So that's really, um, really positive. And then the uh, percentage of companies beating earnings, uh, you know, typically um, fades toward the latter part of earnings season. You end up maybe in the mid, mid to high 70s at best. We're still in the mid 80s, which is uh, really tremendous. And estimates, you know, for the next several quarters have been rising, which is rare. So really, no matter how you slice it, uh, it's been a really good earnings season uh, relative to expectations. We're still down. You know, earnings are still probably going to be down, you know, mid to high single digits. But, um, you know, we were looking at estimates for down 20 when uh, reporting season began. Uh, and another one you've you've uh, you've discussed this before. I saw is interesting is manufacturing tends to be uh, kind of a lead, if you will, for how earnings are going to do. If manufacturing is weak, maybe a quarter or two later, earnings might be weak, and vice versa. Jeff, last week we had that ISM manufacturing uh, number, and again you can watch these now on YouTube. So we are sharing the ISM manufacturing PMI. Uh, really big surge, one of the highest levels we've seen in about a year and a half or so. I believe right around fifty nine. Do you think, once again, manufacturing is suggesting higher earnings are coming in the next couple quarters? Absolutely. This is a good leading indicator of corporate profits. You know, they survey companies, you know, are you going to buy more uh, or buy less in the future? It tends to have a, a six-month lead as a signal. So, um, you know, estimates are for earnings growth to return in the early part of next year, I think this uh, ISM index is certainly confirming that signal, and that's what we expect. Yeah, you know, one of the key takeaways, I think, really for the past month or two on this podcast, we've obviously focused a lot on the election. One thing we've said is, you know what, whoever wins this election is going to have an economy that's improving, an economy that's likely out of recession. We think this recession ended probably sometime over the summer, not officially yet, but uh, we think that likely happened, that we don't have a recession next year. That's usually a pretty good uh, bullish cocktail, if you will, for potential equity prices to go higher. And the economy continues. I mean, believe me, there are, there are concerns. The spikes in COVID, um, you know, the, the election uncertainty. Trust me, the, the things are not perfect. But the economy does continue to surprise to the upside for sure. I'm going to talk a little bit about a divided Congress. And Barry, I'm going to go to you on potentially some of the big winners last night. Um you know, we've got, we likely, again, we don't know for sure, but we let's assume we have a split Congress here. Stocks have actually been higher the last, by stocks, I mean the S&P 500, have been higher the last 10 years when you have a split Congress, a divided Congress. This year, assuming stocks finish higher, and S&P's up ballpark 5% or so for the year as a time of recording this, um, this could be the 11th year in a row of a divided Congress, historically speaking. Maybe there's some randomness to it, but at the same time, maybe it's checks and balances, not too much uh, sway one way or the other. And again, that's just something that when we talk about uh, this election, obviously, who you vote for is very, very important uh, for a lot of reasons. But from your investments point of view, maybe one of the better scenarios potentially is that divided Congress. And again, it's looking like it could be that way. So, Barry, you've had some time to think about it. Who were the winners last night? I mean, it could be Senate, the President Trump, uh, potential President Biden. <laughs> who do you think kind of went to sleep last night feeling good, if anybody? Uh, well, uh, 
you know, I, I think investors should be feeling pretty good this morning. Yeah. Uh, just highlighting what you said about uh, a, a split Congress and uh, and and the streak. It, it takes out uh, some of the worst excesses uh, from from both parties taking just a, a neutral stance. They both can have a tendency to uh, to go too far with their programs, and it kind of brings it back to the to the middle. And that's something that uh, we think investors will will actually like. So. Uh, we think that that's uh, that's one important side of it. Um, you know, and, and another winner is just the idea that we can have an, an election and it can all go relatively smoothly. I know we don't know the result uh, quite yet, and we got a ways to go. But uh, yesterday's uh, election, there really were not uh, very many uh, glitches in the election uh, overall. So uh, I'd say the American electorate is a is a winner as well. They are going to seek the balance that uh, that they think will work and uh, we'll find out hopefully fairly soon what that outcome actually is uh, that's that's the big question now obviously is when will it happen i mean barry i'll go to jeff in a second so there's obviously the big states that are left pencil i mean there's multiple states but pennsylvania uh michigan uh you know which one do you think will report wisconsin which of those three do you think will report first and i guess we're putting you on record here because by the time people hear this it might be out but who do you think will come out first and who will come out last with their results here who should we be paying attention to yeah let me do last because i think that that one's easier right? the last one we'll hear from is probably pennsylvania yeah uh, that one's going to take a while that one's probably going to be the most contested uh, it's entirely possible uh, that we hear from Wisconsin uh, and Michigan by the end of the day today. Uh, it's also entirely possible that either of those states are close enough that we have to go to a, a recount. So even if we hear from them, it's uh, it's not all over yet. Uh, but um, both of the uh, the state boards there have said that uh, we can get a, a count or nearly get a count by the, by the end of the day today. Pennsylvania, it's not going to be until uh, probably the end of the week. So it's Still need to be patient on that one. Right. So, Jeff, just talking purely from a seasonality point of view here, the, the, it is what it is, is how I like to say it. November during an election year is the most bullish month of the year during an election year. November is usually pretty strong overall also. December during an election year is the third best month. So what I'm getting at is the calendar is a, is a friend of people. We talked a month ago. I said, hey, listen. October, for whatever reason, election year is the worst month of the year. Expect some jitters ahead of the election. My, oh, my, that, that happened the second late in October. Didn't look like it was going to happen, but boy, it happened late in October. And now, as soon as we got to the calendar month of November, stocks are just going straight up. Do you think it's as simple as, uh, as the calendar, or is there more things at play here? Oh, I would say it's calendar plus election. I mean, we are mm -hmm. we just ended this six-month, you know, sell may go away period, yep. right? So this is the best six-month period seasonally in any year. Um, and then on top of that, you get election clarity. This is the pattern. You know, Those of you watching on YouTube are seeing it. Uh, once you get the clarity of the election, sometimes it comes sooner. Sometimes it comes later. Exactly. Here's we're in the later camp this go around. But uh, whenever that clarity comes or the market senses it's coming soon, um, stocks tend to go higher. And then you add to that what looks like the um, gridlock scenario, and, and it does look like a, a bullish cocktail for stocks, as you said, Ryan. Um, remember, we're still in, in an early bull market, early economic expansion, more stimulus probably coming, even in a gridlock scenario, and the pandemic could be over uh, in several months. So there's a lot of reasons um, uh, to like the market here, uh, you know, in addition to the election. Uh, absolutely. So, Barry, um, 
See, let's talk about the let's talk about yields for a little bit. I, I I think it's been fascinating the strength that we've seen in yields over the past couple of weeks as the recovery trade kind of takes over. Last night, uh, you know, I think we're doing approximations here about seven o'clock Eastern time. So right when things to polling stations started closing up, ten-year yield was well up over ninety basis points, I think like ninety-three or ninety-four. Then this morning we come in and ten-year yields down like seventy-seven or seventy-eight basis points. Wild, wild swing from the bond market. What does that tell you? What, what do you think the bond market's telling us the action in the last 12 hours or so, or 15 hours, whatever it is? Bond investors are, are more cautious. Uh, so some of this is about the, the reflation trade being temporarily off the table. I think some of it uh, is about the uh, pricing a little bit more the, the risk that we could still have a, a longer dispute about the outcome over the election. Uh, remember that when we were coming off of the March lows, uh, stock market screamed higher. Uh, yields barely moved. It's really only been within the last couple of months that we've seen yields start to move higher. Um, and uh, like we said for uh, uh, the, the rotation trade in stocks, we could see this actually be temporary if the larger macroeconomic forces uh, continue to push the recovery forward. Uh, you'll get a little bit more inflation. Uh, you'll get a little bit more of a push on, on real rates. Uh, and we could see a, a reversal. Um, I think uh, have to watch carefully for uh, what happens with rates when we get clarity on the election. Yeah. And you, know, you speak about rates. I mean, Jeff, you think about this week, obviously, the election is extremely important uh, for a lot of reasons. From a purely investments point of view, though, if you just try your very best to, to, to uh, look at things uh, fairly, one could argue the biggest event this week is not the election. It's the Fed on Thursday. Now, I'm, not, I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's the Fed, Fed's on Thursday? What day is the Fed this week? Are they Thursday or Wednesday? I don't even know. Aren't they this week? I it's, think it's a day Thursday. later. Thursday, yeah, because isn't the Fed usually on Wednesday? That's where I'm a little stumped as soon as I said this. But um, maybe the election pushed them back. Nonetheless, uh, you know, we don't expect the Fed to do too much, but they're probably going to say, hey, rates are staying low, and Congress, you need to give us more stimulus plan. But what do you think about the Fed here? Is that truly maybe more important from an investments point of view uh, for investors? Fed wasn't expected to do anything, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the only thing that, or, or at least not expected to change anything. So I think the only thing that they could have done is tried to calm markets if we had volatility around a, a contested election and uncertain outcome and all of that. So at least yeah. based on what we're seeing now, it could change, but based on what we're seeing right now, we're not uh, in that scenario. Uh, and, uh, you know, therefore we're likely to, here that the Fed is just staying the course. Yeah, it, it probably will be one of the least anticipated and least watched <laughs> Fed decisions ever. Because by tomorrow, you know, Thursday, uh, two o'clock or so, you know, when the Fed usually does its decisions, who knows? They, they, we might have a lot more to discuss and pay attention to. But still, the Fed is uh, an old saying: "Don't fight the Fed." And we've talked about it for months back in March and April and May when we were talking about reasons the stock market could go up, and and a lot of people didn't agree with that. You know, one of the reasons we said was the Fed. You know, and the, the Fed is done. This is not your father's Fed, right? I mean, Jerome Powell's been on sixty Minutes three times the last year and a half. No Fed chairperson's ever done something like that. So it's uh, they're very clear what they're trying to do. And, um, you know, the reaction, or the, 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 it is what it is, and the Fed is still a major tailwind, I think. Uh, Barry, I was listening to the, uh, I went up to Ohio to visit my mom for her birthday, kind of didn't really surprise her, but kind of last minute, drove up there, so eight hours in the car, 
by myself, which wasn't all too bad. You know, I thankfully podcasts. I listen to this podcast repeatedly. Oh, geez, I, I didn't listen to this one. I listen to a lot of podcasts though, and it, it was fun. And, and radio shows also. One thing that got me, they said that you know this is again we're talking just some theory here, some fun. If President Trump were to lose this election, obviously it's going to be a really close election. You know, he knows that he's got a bit a base that's rabid for him. In four years, he'd be the same age as Joe Biden. In four years, he is allowed to run again, I guess, according to what I was seeing. Do you really think if he loses, he'd come back in four years? Uh, I think it's a bad idea to speculate about what President Trump might or might not do in uh, in four years. Uh, let's leave it open as a, as a possibility that uh, yeah. that he'll run, uh, that uh, one of his family members might get interested in, in politics. Uh yeah, this election is only a day behind. You're, you're already hearing people talk about uh, 2024. Um, yep. Who could be the Republican candidate? Uh, it could be President Trump, could be Vice President Pence. Hearing about uh, Nikki Haley, uh, Ben Sass, uh, <laughs> all, all kinds of names in there. And right. you're getting the same thing on the Democratic side as well. Uh, I would not rule out the possibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not only I would either. I mean, I know living in South Carolina, Nikki Haley. I mean, she's from here. Nikki a lot of Haley, as like well. her. So yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She's, she's she's a name that's clearly been tossed around out there. Um, so, Jeff, let's see here. Um, let's talk about healthcare. You know, healthcare is a group that you and I have discussed on this podcast many times. Healthcare, as again, an hour after the market started trading, is really doing well. Maybe probably the strongest uh, sector so far. Why do you think that is? And can that continue? We've liked healthcare. Maybe what just happened in the election with the split Congress is another tailwind for uh, healthcare the next four years. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would say there's no clearer evidence uh, that the markets are pricing in divided government than that. Healthcare, mm -hmm. incredibly policy sensitive, uh, you know, in a um, convincing blue wave, uh, you could have seen, I mean, it, it appears we can take that off the table, but yeah. hypothetically in a convincing blue wave, you would have had uh, the risk that um, a public option uh, competes with private insurers and could be very damaging to uh, profitability. And certainly the Democrats have made it very clear that they want to go uh, even harder after drug prices than President Trump. So, um, you know, this is... Uh, uh, a very positive outcome. If we get divided government, very positive outcome for healthcare because it takes some of those, um, you know, I don't, maybe the extreme is too strong a word, but it takes some of those more disruptive policy uh, changes off the table, right? Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets don't like change. Uh, clearly, uh, markets like the status quo in healthcare and we have been saying this for several weeks. The market was pricing in too much policy risk, in our view, um, and uh, created a nice little buying opportunity, we think, for healthcare that even after today's rally, we think is is still pretty attractive. Yeah, I mean, so again, we're about an hour after the market opened. Um, I'm looking at one of the biotech ETFs. I'm probably not allowed to say exactly which one it is. Biotech ETF is up 6.66, so go figure there, but a huge surge in biotech so far this morning. Yeah, no, how about that? But um, so just enormous. When we started this, we, we've liked biotech. I think we've talked about that before on this call. We like healthcare, like biotech. 
And biotech was not up almost 7% a little bit ago. It was up, but it, it is continuing to just soar here. So I think, you know, again, very, very quickly, but one of the clear, clear winners, I think, uh, clearly is healthcare. My goodness gracious, I think biotech. Barry, what do you think? Who are the losers? I think we're going to talk about investments point of view. Who are some of the losers, you think? Again, what's kind of what we've seen so far and kind of the way the world has changed, even without a president, what investments might be losers uh, going forward? Well, we talked about temporarily the uh, the reflation trade uh, is going to face some some challenges. Uh, so we'll mm -hmm. see how that uh, that actually plays out. Uh, all in all, see this as a, a good environment for investors. Uh, you look at the positive macro backdrop that was already in play with the recovery, with movement towards better treatments and an eventual vaccine with uh, with COVID. Um, and uh, I think that that's just a a larger positive, but might need to be if there were people who are suddenly rotating towards the reflation trade uh, after working for a, a couple of months, uh, there might be a bit of a pause there. Yeah, well, I mean, again, the rotation trade have been doing great for a while. It's kind of the way markets work, fits and starts, um, for sure. I mean, Jeff, we've got a couple, only a couple minutes left, so maybe only a couple more questions. We're going to wrap things up in this week's um, LPL Market Signals podcast. Again, thank you so much for all of our listeners. We are very close. Maybe by the time you listen to this, we'll be there to a 300,000 downloads since we started this podcast. Please be sure to give us a positive review, a like, a follow, however you're doing it, uh, however you're listening to us. Because again, those positive reviews definitely go a long way to helping this podcast get out there. So thank you so much for that. Um, Jeff, I, I lost my train of thought what I was going to ask you there. But with only a couple minutes to go, Jeff, any kind of closing comments on um, the election and uh, what we've seen so far the last 24 hours or so? Yeah, I think um, the business cycle and corporate profits matter more than who's in the White House for stock prices, right? And mm -hmm. so yep. uh, whether, um, I mean, we know historically stocks like gridlock a bit better. So, you know, maybe if, if the Senate does flip, you could see a little bit of near-term volatility. If we don't know who's in the White House till the end of the week, maybe you see a little bit of near-term volatility. But um, regardless of the environment, we think stocks go higher next year. The um, earnings environment's improving. Economic recovery is progressing nicely. And uh, we still remain confident a vaccine's coming soon. Yeah, no, the good points there. I mean, I, you know, we've said before, this is a new bull market, right? And it, and it feels uncomfortable to say sometimes with, with still just the spikes in cases and the millions and millions of people that are still unemployed. But the reality is this, this economic recovery is likely only a couple months old. Most economic, uh, economic recoveries tend to last years. Now, this was not your average recession by any means, so maybe it won't be your average expansion on the other side of things. But still, to just blindly think that, you know, we're, we're up a lot. I mean, guys, small caps are still in a bear market, technically. All right, small caps have not made a new all-time high since August of 2018. All right, they had a big correction, obviously, with the bear market we had. So and if and until small caps make new highs, and you, you could say they're out of their bear market. So when you see things like that, and a lot of global indices are very similar. Made some major peaks in January 2018 or later in the year. Um, we've had a big rally, no, no doubt about it, from the March lows. But there's some other angles on this that do suggest that this economic recovery has legs, like we think it will when we eventually get the vaccine and, and can open up and just move forward even more. Um, there's some reasons from an investment's point of view to continue to think there's opportunities out there. Um, so Barry, um, kind of final words before we sign us off in this week's special post-election <laughs> LPO Market Signals podcast. Yeah, I think for markets, we have one more uh, important hurdle to get past with the election. It looks like we're moving closer to a result 
Uh, we don't have it yet. Uh, we're not quite out of the uncertainty scenario uh, at, uh, at this time. Uh, so uh, be a little bit more patient. Uh, we think the chances are good. We'll be there at the end of the week, but if things are close and we have a recount or there are legal challenges, uh, there's still more work to do. So uh, one more hurdle to clear, and uh, we think that the market uh, will uh, react uh, probably in a, in a positive way to the, to the greater clarity when we actually get it. No, absolutely. Well, Barry and Jeff, thank you so much for being here this week on the LPL Market Signal podcast. Thanks again to all of our listeners out there. We've hit the end of the road this week. Um, hopefully enjoyed some of the things we said. And hopefully by the time you listen to it, we, a lot of things aren't all changed. But in a 24-7 news cycle, that could be the case. The good news, though, is we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll record our regularly scheduled podcast on Monday, and it should be out live on Monday evening to obviously focus a lot on the latest with the election and anything that we're seeing from the markets and the signals that the stock markets are giving us. So again, thanks, uh, Barry and Jeff and everybody else. Have a great week, and we'll see you guys uh, very, very soon. Take care. Thank you. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through Opel Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value. 